Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You're back at your favorite podcast, the spot, the place, the hookup, where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp. There she is, and the responses are never dull. She's all the way from Canada. This is Florence Westering. We're going to talk about anxiety. Both of us have just had it. I can't tell y'all what I'm going through right now. Make a head spin. But uh, how do you process this? Okay. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have apprehension. You're going to have fear. You're going to have procrastination. You're going to have resignation, you know, but how do we process all of this? Because it's going to come up. And if you think that it's not, then you're fooling yourself. But what Florence is doing is she's dedicating her life to educating and elevating people that are in dark places. I can handle mine, okay? I just brush it off, you know, and just put it over there, give it to my alter ego right here. (laughs) I call her Fang. (laughs) But then I've got to come back and I got to deal with it. And how are you going to deal with it logically? How are you not going to let it resonate in your heart and make you bitter? Thank you so much, Florence, for the work that you're doing. Tell us how you show up in the world. Well, I think the biggest thing, just the word that comes to mind is authentically, like who I am, uh, you just see it. That's me. You know, I've worked really hard on just being me because I found that so much of what I was doing when I was growing up was just kind of comparing myself to other people. You know, I'm the sixth child in seven. And so I had all these older siblings who were doing all these wonderful, amazing things. And, uh, and I would look at them and be like, oh, I should do that. Or I should do that. Or I should do that. You know, and then eventually I figured out that really just doing what I do is kind of the best way to be. It's the best way that I communicate with people. It's the best way that I show up authentically and confidently and with love. And so that's what I've been focused on, being me and taking responsibility for me and um, and just building my confidence in that way. Well, that's really important because confidence is everything. You know, that's how people become multi-gazillionaires, just by what they really, what they think and, and say to themselves. I use this story all the time. I knew Muhammad Ali growing up as a child. And he would ask me all the time, is he pretty? I was like, yes. Am I the greatest? Yes. Do I float like a butterfly and sting like a bee? Yes. He made you believe. So it's outside influences what they pour into you. What do you say to a person that's struggling right now with their confidence? I would say to them, be intentional about making a change be intentional about believing in yourself and do it from a place of nurturing because so often we do it from a place of guilt you know i must grow my confidence because i am not something and i've just really noticed that it's important to do it from a place of nurturing so one of the things that i talk about a lot is using tiny steps you know so using transformational steps you gotta be involved with our body. You got to pay attention to your body. What's going on in there? Because it will tell you before really what your mind tells you or your emotions tell you that something is not quite right. And so, and then, you know, paying attention to how the feelings that are attached to your body when you are paying attention to what's going on for you. And then also what are the thoughts that are attached to that, right? So if I start paying attention to, oh, there's something going on in my stomach, then, you know, what is that about? Oh, it's fear, it's anxiety, it's overwhelmed. There's some things going on. Ah, okay. So, you know, what do I do with those feelings? Well, I actually take a good look at them and make friends with them, you know? And when people used to say that to me, I'd be like, oh, that's a weird concept. 
<laughs> but well, what you but you know what it's taking responsibility. I was telling some some of my other guests that I did some mirror work a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And you know, uh, you think you got it all together. Girl, I cried like a baby. I met three or four people that I had never been introduced to. Say, like, hey, how you doing? You know, what's going yeah. on there? That subconscious mind and a lot of things we suppress and we compact. And then it's like the ego. I've got an ego coach. Yeah. That seems odd, but she is amazing. But she's taught me how to value others. She's taught me how to position it, how to feed it. Yes. How to it because the ego is the gateway to the soul. Yeah. You know, and again, being you know, pecking order, being six out of seven, that's a lot because the other five before you hold a lot of responsibility in the rearing of you because, you know, mama and daddy's trying to feed y'all, <laughs> <laughs> trying to provide a roof over your head. So it's hard to be mentored and molded by another child. Sure. Yeah. Because they have their own things going on. Right. And um, yeah. And, and I'm an emotional being and relatively sensitive. And so, you know, people would say things, whatever. Oh yeah, I should try to do that. Or I should try to do that. You know, I really kind of got into that concept of my worth depended a lot on me helping and pleasing other people. You know, if I could please them, if I could help them, then I would be okay. You know? And so that became a huge piece of my anxiety because you can't please everybody. I just couldn't do it. You and can't so please anybody, but a part of that people pleasing is the expectation. Yes. Okay. I, if I do X, Y, Z, the expectation is that you're going to do this, that, and the other. And if you don't, then, you know, you don't love me or you don't trust me or you don't, you know, it's all these other contingencies on that. Truly. Okay, you and just have to wake up and have that. I don't give a shit attitude. <laughs> it's hard it, it's hard because now you're thinking about the other person's feelings but my mother and my grandmother taught me something a long time ago don't care more about somebody else's feelings than you care about yourself you know you want to be respectful i get that you know you want to go in you want to negotiate you want to do everything you can but at the end of the day it's about you and how you feel about yourself and the decisions that you've made don't you agree I agree with that. I think that, you know, and I, I believe in God. And so I just think that, start, yay. <laughs> I think that just starting to realize my worth to him, you know, if I look at like how he created this world and how beautiful it is, I mean, you know, you're outside, you're walking through all these leaves. I'm a gardener, right? So all these different flowers and all these different leaves and how things grow or how some they don't. And you're just like, God did that because he knew that I had a gardener's heart. You know, I mean, really, he pays that kind of attention to the detail of how he's created us, right? So as I settle into that, and I just really trust that what he's saying, I'm a woman of value, the daughter of a king, you know, all those sorts of things then I can really just be solid in him. And from that place, April, I don't really need ego because I'm now solid in what he's doing and what he, how he feels about me. And then I can also be cognizant of other people's feelings and be okay with that. Like it's okay to have a conversation with somebody and say, I'm really sorry that I hurt you. And then no longer hold on to that, right? I can still be a, a responsible for my behavior, but not to the point where um, it's become detrimental for me. Right, right. Or, you know, um, so now you've taken it a step further. Okay. You've done the work. We're all continuously doing the work. We're never finished until our, our number is called. But you're pointing that into other individuals. Tell us a little bit about your program and what do people have to look forward to when they work with you? Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, so um, I really wanted to work with other people that struggle with anxiety. I thought, how am I going to do that? Like, how do I actually 
um, help? What do I do? And so I noticed that we would often try different things, right? Like, oh, I've tried this, I've tried this, it's not worked. Um, and, and then we kind of throw away that experience. We're like, well, that was kind of a useless experience, but it's not. We learn something every single time we try something, either it's, you know, this is working for me or it's not. And so one of the very first things that I do with people is just um, do an analysis of where they're at, right? What kinds of things are you thinking? What kinds of things did you learn when your emotional brain was, you know, really kind of taking over when we're teens and kids and that kind of thing? Um, when did you decide that someone else was worth more than you? Like, what does that look like, right? right. And then once we kind of discover that, then we customize a plan um, that is attached to this person's experience. So, you know, I have an idea of how it worked for me, but of course, everybody's individual, so it may not necessarily work for them, but there's going to be touch points, right? There's going to be things that um, er that all of us kind of experience. And so then we just talk about what does that, what does that look like for you, that you have um, an actual plan for yourself. And that's where the tiny steps kind of come into, you know, I talked to you a little bit about transformational, like getting all these pieces in and then being intentional, right? So you can set an intent the night before, right? And be like, okay, so tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. And then, you know, when you wake up in the morning, then you're making that your first thought, right? And always coming at it from a nurturing place. So a place of love rather than guilt or anger or fear or lack. And then it fills a yearning, really, because for those of us that struggle with anxiety, we really just want to be accepted for who we are, right? So if I start working on accepting myself, you know, based on what God's saying about me and what I know about my own personality, right? Like, what kind of environments do I thrive in? What is it that I need? But I'm an introvert. So, you know, making sure that I have space in my day to just be and, and then being okay with that and being able to share that with other people, right? Yes. So then we, we customize a plan and then we, we put it into practice, right? And so, um, and then I walk alongside as you're practicing that because things will come up, right? As we start to kind of practice some of these things, we'll be like, just a sec, there's a barrier. I don't know what to do with that. And I'll, and I'll be alongside going, okay, let's look at it. Let's see what we can do. And so the point of my program is, is that we would work together for three months and meet once a week. And there's some flexibility in that because of course life gets in the way. But at the end of it, the whole point is, is that people can go on and impact future generations, Right. So as we learn to be different in our behavior and learn to be different in how we um, connect with other people, we actually model that for others, right? Because mm -hmm. just like I was watching my five older brothers and sisters, everybody's always watching us too, right? How's she doing that? How's she managing that? I want to know how she does that. And so as we become more confident and we become more authentic, like one of the things that my clients have said to me often is that I, I don't feel heard or I don't feel seen, you know? And so as we start to see ourselves more, you know, and put ourselves and be a bit more um, visible, then other people will start to see us too. So it really starts from the work that we're doing inside. And that is hugely empowering because my confidence can be grown inside of me, right? And I'm really clear that I'm connected to God when I'm doing these things, because in the last couple of weeks, I kind of disconnected a little bit. And well, that wasn't good. <laughs> so. No, but, it, but it's, it's ebbs and flows. You know, that's true. That's, that's like me working out. I was doing so good, girl. I got a little kink in my hip and I was working out with the yoga and I fell off three days and now I feel like I should be in traction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But life is about consistency and that's yeah. where the cake rise. You know, you can't put baking soda in it one day and then don't put it in the next recipe. It won't rise to a full occasion. So when people meet and greet themselves in this new environment, after you've worked with them for three months, six months, that's scary too. Yeah. Because now they have to take ownership 
of this new reality, they're never going to forget who they were. They're going to put yeah. it on the shelf and they may revert back to that. But yes. that, that constant beating up on yourself and feeling like it's like a person that's, you know, on a weight management program, they fall off, you know, and then it's like doomsday, but it's not, we can but always get not. up again. We can always rise. Well, and that's the thing. It's so interesting that you're saying this to me right now, because I've been doing this for, you know, I've been a counselor for 25 years and wow. doing the, the coaching really for the last 10 or so, you know, um, and it's interesting because I would tell you that I have released anxiety and mostly live in the tension of life, like, cause there's just things that are going to come up. Right. But they don't debilitate me. Mm. Um, and yet in the last few weeks, I've had this weird feeling in my stomach. And I know that the first thing I should do is just go sit on my couch with my Bible and talk to God about it, but read his word. Right. But I was skipping that. I was like, oh, I have got this feeling in my stomach. I'm going to go and read about other people's stuff and I'm going to go walk and talk. So I was still doing some of them, but I didn't kind of do that pivotal piece. Mm -hmm. And so this morning I spent time just doing that. And I'm like, oh, right. This is what I miss. So, you know, because sometimes people will be like, well, now I'm back at step one. I'm like, we don't go back to step one, you know, because we know these skills now. We know what to do. We know that we can breathe or we can stretch or we can change what we're thinking. You know, there's just things we know to do. And we just need to, you know, take a little bit of an inventory of that. Am I doing all the things that I'm supposed to do? Right. And so then we can kind of get back to that. Um, yeah. So having said that, I actually have a Facebook group also um, where I can nurture people. So, you know, when they they can join it before they take the program, but also, you know, during the program or after it, because I'll I'll show up there in lives and in posts and, you know, answer questions and that kind of thing. Um, and so that's, that's that kind of maintenance that we do as we go along, right? Like, right. oh, I have a question. Oh, I've been doing this and this isn't working. Uh, you know, what can we do? And then meeting a whole community of other women, right? Who also are doing this. And women are amazing. Like they can be really, really supportive and, you know, really willing to kind of share what's going on for them. So, um, okay. which is so helpful. That's, uh, you know, and I have to be the devil's advocate here. Yeah. Uh, hallelujah. <laughs> But what do you say to the outside noise? Because there's a lot of outside noise. There's a lot of people. How do you shut that noise off? People are going to say, oh, well, you know, now that you've found, you know, God, or you've lost 20 pounds, or, he, or you've left him, now this, 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 it's that constant negativity. Do you, I just say, shut them down. You know? <laughs> and you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be mean. You have to choose your words carefully. But I'm a woman of action. I can show you, Ben, I can tell you. Well, what I noticed is that, um, so recently I, I took on a volunteer position. And so one of the things that I, I started to meet with people and I heard that like lots of complaints, right? Because there's fear of change. Oh, this new person's coming in and now there's going to be fear of change. And so I started to say to them, come to me with a solution also. Like, yes, you have something that's bothering you. Come to me with a solution. And it's been kind of fun because I've had a couple of interactions with people now like, hey, I've got this and I think we can do this. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Because not only do I not have to come up with all the solutions myself, but we're doing it together, right? And so right. now these, you know, the people that are giving me solutions, they're like, yeah, let's do it. And so then I'm like, what are you thinking? And then they give me more information. So I'm learning a ton. They're learning a ton. We're feeling more confident. We're feeling more connected, right? We're able to get more vulnerable. So, but that was something that I really had to learn and stand in my truth about that, right? I, I'm not really the person you come to if you just want to vent. There has to be some action. Right. You know, that. That's one of my favorite things that I like to say. I'm a solution seeker, not a problem describer. Right, right, right. And you need a can-do attitude. Yeah, yeah. Don't come to me with a bunch of stuff that you can't do. I already know 
what you can't do. Right. You know, that, that's a no-brainer. You've proved that. Yeah. But give me some viable options. Give me some choices. You know, yeah. give us something to banter back and forth and have a dialogue for. But that constant whining and sucking the oxygen out the room and complaining, I just it's overwhelming. I, I can't do it. I, yeah, so I could do it, but I choose not to do it. Exactly. And you know, one of the things that I've been learning and, and talking to my clients a lot about this is like there's three options, right? Usually we think it's yes or no. You know, can I do it or I can't? But then what about that third option? You know, um, maybe you can do it partway or maybe you can do it uh, with someone else or maybe you can do it tomorrow or maybe you can like, you know, what are the other options? There's always a third option. So I've been focusing a lot on what's the third option and doing it for myself too, right? Because sometimes you can get caught up in the, well, it's black or it's white. And you're like, hey, there's a lot of other colors in the world. Maybe there's some other options out here. And then going to somebody else and saying, hey, I, you know, I'm kind of stuck because I've got a yes and no answer. Can you help me figure out a, you know, maybe answer? And people love to brainstorm because they're like, because often they'll give you a perspective that you didn't, you didn't have. And that's where coaches often come in, right? We give different perspectives because we can see something that you can't see because you're on your own little hamster wheel. And that's why I have. Let me ask you a question though, because you're, you know, you're, you're doing double duty. You're coaching, but you're also counseling. Mm. what is the defining difference where you know how does a person know if they need a coach they need a counselor they need a psychiatrist that is such a good question because that does kind of overlap a little bit right like both of us deal with problems but um for counseling mostly we're dealing with things that have happened in your past and and processing that right so how are you feeling that in your body what does that look like for you bringing you to present whereas from coaching we're working from present um, and people are really actively goal seeking something that looks different for them. So they're um, and so the cool thing I think about my program is that sometimes somebody needs one counseling session. Like there's a there's a wound, there's a gap, there's something, and I can spend some time with them going, okay, let's actually do a session and look at that, and then we go back into the coaching pieces of it where we're like, okay, let's take action and let's move forward. And and so it's it's been kind of cool because I've had some examples where somebody was just kind of stuck, and I'm like, you know what, I can actually help you with that with other skills that I have. And then, you know, and then they're like, okay, we can move forward now, right? Uh, yeah, so I think that that's actually been a really cool um, element to my program. Okay, well, that's good because that's definitely the differentiator. Let's ask you some fun questions about you, Florence. Okay, April, let's do it. What part of Canada are you in? I'm in British Columbia. What is there to do at, what's the nightlife? When's the last time you went out and just really cut a rug? What is there to do there in uh, British Columbia? Well, I'm not really a nightlife girl. What I am is more of, you know, somebody who likes to walk or to garden or, you know, those kinds of things. So it's called beautiful British Columbia. So we have tons of hiking and skiing and quadding and trails. And, you know, like if you want to do outdoor life, this is the place to be. We have lakes and, you know, rivers and all that kind of stuff. So um, nightlife. You gaze at the stars at night. Well, yes, there are definitely places around here where we don't have that much light. So you can gaze at the stars. Yes, it's a beautiful thing to do. <laughs> All right. So now you're gazing at the stars. Tell me, if you could pick a planet in the solar system, what planet would you be from? That is a very good question. You know what? I think I'd like to pick Saturn. That's the one that has things floating around it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because as a coach, I'd love it if people are attracted to what I'm putting out there. It's just, cool. you know. That's good. I want to be from Jupiter. I dig all the rings too. I'm with you. I'm just out there. If you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be? Oh my word. I'd be the dishwasher because I would just, you know, <laughs> clean things out, right? Let's yeah. get them out. Let's move them on. Yeah. 
I would. I hate washing dishes, so I wouldn't be the dishwasher. I'd probably be the coffee maker. Now, please note, this is an electric dishwasher. You know, I'm not washing the dish. I just put them in there. Give them answers. No, but it still does the work. It's crazy. <laughs> if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? <sighs> I think I'd like to be a giraffe because, you know, I then I'd have a really long neck and I could see far away and I could see the possibilities and the opportunities. And yeah, yeah I'd like to be a giraffe. Yeah, I'd be the party animal. <laughs> <laughs> Now, see, I'd be walking along with my long legs, you know, looking at the future. Yeah, exactly. If you had uh, three wishes, who would they be? Anything. If I had three wishes. Wow. That's kind of a difficult question, I got to tell you, because if there's things that I want to just kind of work at making them happen. Um, yeah. I would work at making them happen. I would talk to other people. I would, you know, build a community. I'd get it going. So, um, I mean, I guess one of my uh, wishes would be that I can connect with as many people as possible and just be able to help them decrease anxiety because being able to get over that and feeling empowered, that's huge. Um, and then my other wish would be that we could teach our kids just really healthy ways of being in community and being able to speak up. And um and I really wish that people could have um, really purposeful and fulfilled lives, you know, that they can do something that fits for them and really gives them purpose, because I think that makes happy people. I love that question, but then I don't like that question. You know why? Because everybody always comes so deep. That's so <laughs> philosophical. Girl, I don't want that. I want to be about 35 pounds lighter. I want to be uh, in the south of France on a yacht. <laughs> So those are the kind of things I'm talking about, you know, because again, all that, all the other stuff is really, really powerful, but that's what you do on your day to day. I know. That, and it's funny because I was, I was like, I don't even know how to answer that question. I'm so deep right now. You know, so sometimes we've got to be like that song in Frozen. You got to let it go. Got to let it go. <laughs> you got to let it go. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be, Florence? I wanted to say she loved well. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, not, that's sweet. That's really sweet. Probably not what you would say either. Hey, April, but you know. You know yeah, you know, I just want to love with abundance. I want to be known as the uh, an influence, an impactor. Uh, I don't want to be known as the busy person. Mm -hmm. I want to be the impactful, insightful person. Mm -hmm. The one, the, the conduit of information. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, you know what? I that's what my kids say. If, if my mama don't know, she know where to get the answer. And that's important. I'm not going to have all the answers. That's not my job. But I, if I can direct you in that way, that, you know, that would make me happy. That would let me know that I was able to transmit the message. What well, and I think, the, I think the loved well part is, is I'm an encourager. And so it's just encouraging people to step into, you know, because I think when, when you struggle with anxiety, we limit our options and we just think that everything is kind of small and we make ourselves smaller and smaller as time goes on. And so I'm loving also well. the vernacular, you know, it's your conversation, the words that you use, you know, when you say I suffer with anxiety or uh, maybe changing to I deal with anxiety or I recognize mm -hmm. my anxiety or I work through my anxiety. The struggle yeah. just kind of seems like, you know, the, the, the wife that still calls the, the divorcee that still calls her husband, my ex-husband. I tell him all the time, give that joker a name. If his name is Bob, I don't deal with Bob anymore, but the ex-husband still has that association. 
or when sometimes you'll hear people say, hi, I'm John and I'm an alcoholic. It seems like he's still in that space. So my gift that I give to people or I encourage them is to really change and reframe how you even have this conversation about who you are, because it's going to resonate and it's going to reverberate back to you a different way. You know, That's really great. Still, yep. Then still having you stuck in that space. Yeah. What would you tell a 25 year old uh, Florence Wessling? What would you tell her? I would say to her that there is a world full of possibilities and that reach out and grab them. Stop being so afraid and stop being so uh, limiting and just step into abundance. And surround yourself by other people who have abundance and other people that are doing it so that you can see the example. And then, then you get energized by that and you're like, I want that. I was talking to a friend of mine that's a multimillionaire. And I said, if you lost everything, what would you do? <laughs> she said, honey, I will put on my finest clothes, my red bottom shoes and some lipstick and go hang out with the same people I hung out with before. She said, why? She says, because it can't do anything but rub off on you. Right. You are who you hang around. Yep. You know, I tell my kids, you know, that, that the influence is infectious. Yep. So, you know, I totally get what you're saying with that. I totally understand. Tell my brains how to get in contact with you, Florence, how to work with you, how to tap into your group. I put all your information on social media all over the place, but we're going to replay this over and over and over again because I want people to connect with you in Canada. BC brains. <laughs> <laughs> BC brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you can uh, connect with me in a variety of ways. I um, I have a website. It's called A Life Designed by Love. Um, I write a blog, so that's there also. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm Florence Westring on Facebook. Uh, I have a group, of course, uh, which is um, called Release Anxiety and Reignite Joy. I also have a YouTube channel, which has nothing on it yet, but, you know, stay tuned. There will be things because I'm creating videos, so I'm going to be there. Um, and then I I run webinars, actually, and I think I'm going to, like, expand that a little bit um, really once a month. So if you're kind of keeping an eye on any of those places, then you will see me. Um, you can send me a DM on Facebook. You can send me an email at connect at a life designed by love. Beautiful. I think, you know, I think those life, are the ways. A life designed by love, Brains. Yeah. You design, do you have enough capacity? Is your imagination that expansive? Is your heart that big? You know, does anxiety have you trapped? You're like a wild animal in a cage. You better break free because there's so much life to live. There's mm. so much to be excited about. Even with adversity, the things that don't kill you only make you stronger. Mm. Okay, so you have to be a testament and you can be a testimony. Mm -hmm. And that is what Florence is. She's been through the fire and now she's on the other side. She knows where to get full. She knows what well to drink from. The one on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so, friends, I thank you so much, Florence, for being here with me. I need you guys to like, love, share, and subscribe. Like, love, share, and subscribe. Share this with other people that you know. Leave a comment, good, bad, or indifferent. That's the only way that we're going to grow. If you think this is a bunch of hooky, let us know. We'll do better. If you think it's the best thing you ever heard, I need you to share with everybody on the planet, all 8 billion plus people. 
Thank you so much, Florence. You are a rock star. Come back and Thank see you. Thank you, April. I wish I you would love that. All right. Thank you. All right. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.